2: Welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, May the 19th, uh, top of the hour here on the left coast of Canada. It's 11 a.m. on the Pacific Coast, 2 p.m. on the in the Eastern Time Zone, and something relative to that wherever else you are in the world. Unless, of course, you listen to the through podcast, in which case it's whatever time it is. But it's top of the hour here. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, we've got some bad news. Our guest supposed to come on today, Joost DeValk wasn't able to make it, he's speaking at a conference in uh, in Great Britain today, and I guess, you know, it's, it's about supper time and uh, and uh, club time right now, so fortunately, Yost wasn't able to make it, we're going to try to get him on in a couple of weeks, but luckily we came prepared, we got a good show for you today, we have some fun news events, it's been a, uh, it's been a, yet another wild week in tech, Dave, uh, what
1: are you looking at today? Oh, there's there's always so much to be looking at, but uh, my brain has been just absolutely flooded um over the uh over the past two days or so doing some some research in preparation for an article that's gonna be up at Search Engine Watch uh tomorrow on uh well you know what, I was gonna say on and then I was gonna list the subject but uh as we head into our first commercial break I'm gonna be giving uh our listeners uh who are, who are live right now. Uh, a little bit of homework, so just uh, just gonna note now if everybody can jump into that chat room um, over at webmasterradio.fm. I'm gonna be posting a link there as we head into the first commercial break. Um, there's gonna be a video from Matt Cutts um, that everybody needs to be uh, sort of up on. And then after the first commercial break, uh, we're gonna head into uh, a discussion on the thing that has been flooding my brain for the past, uh, Past forty-eight hours uh, of our lives. Um, yeah, uh, the thing that is, most interests me, the, uh, Jim, you brought it up, so I will. Uh, I'll let you go into it. Um, but I think everybody has uh, has some, some strong opinions, at least in, in where this is going. The thing that interests me the most uh, right now, as of today, um, is Google Data uh, Center and uh, and a new one. Um, but you brought it to my attention first, so I will let uh, let you. Fill us in on the details, and then uh, we'll head into discussing what it actually
2: means. You know, one of the, one of the most interesting parts of southern Ontario is uh, the Kitchener-Waterloo area. They have two great universities. It's home of uh, Canada's largest tech firm, Research in Motion, the folks who make BlackBerry. And now the Kitchener-Waterloo area is now the home of Google's largest facility in Canada, And, well, according to the Googleites in Mountain View, California, what's becoming the second most important Google facility in the world, Um, Google opened a new campus in downtown Kitchener-Waterloo today, attracted like three MPs, the entire Kitchener-Waterloo City Council, a number of people from University of Waterloo, and why they opened it there instead of, say, in Toronto or Montreal or, or Vancouver where there's a, a lot of tech talent, is University of Waterloo is probably Canada's number one engineering school. It produces more engineers than uh, U of T and uh, University of Montreal combined. What, Research in Motion is located there. Um, <laughs> the new um, astrophys- astrophysics lab, where Stephen Hawking is, is a fellow, is, is located there. And now, again, Google, a campus that's dedicated to mobile and separating the noise from the signal in social search, has been located there. Um, Google also bestowed a $1 million grant or gift to the University of Waterloo, again, specifically looking to... Um, Isn't the
1: opening itself neat? Um, You know, as a Canadian, great. Um, you know, I always love to see Google's presence, um, you know, and, and, and major tech companies, I shouldn't just say Google, major tech companies recognizing that, hey, you know, we're, we're actually, we, we got a good solid chunk of brains up here north of the border as well. Um, but what I find the most interesting about this isn't just the data center in and of itself, um, but as you described, it is the purpose of this thing. I mean, one of the, the, the things that we've been discussing a lot. Um, you know, internally in the company and, and discussing with clients, and I think, you know, uh, I've been reading a lot about it and discussing it a lot on the web as well, um, is, is the, the problems that were hit. You're back, there. A second. You're I'm going to go wired here, so just give me a sec.
2: Okay. Uh, well, Dave is getting his um, headset together. I want to take a few seconds to say hi to Kathy O'Reilly and to uh, Monty Baumgartner. It's their birthdays today uh Monty former host of uh of domain masters here on uh radio f m and uh kathy o'Reilly, a great writer from the Los Angeles area so to both of you, happy birthday today you know we still all have, right. I don't know if we have Dave yet or not so Brasco this one's for you did you uh you've been monitoring uh Twitter recently
0: uh it been about a day or so, but fill me in on what I should be following.
2: Well, you should be following the U.S. Secret Service, because every once in a while, these button-down guys, they say something really funny. And uh, yesterday, a tweet came out from the U.S. Secret Service, the you know, the, the guys from Treasury who follow the, pro- the president around, and uh, the tweet read, and I quote, had to monitor Fox for a story, can't deal with the blathering, end quote. That came via uh, Twitter for iPad, so um, some U- some U.S. Secret Service agent, I guess, was researching a news story, um, and they were watching Fox, had real that, but um, they couldn't, well, apparently couldn't take the tone of conversation, tweeted it out over what uh, was the official U.S. Secret Service account. And a moment of social media history was made. A fleeting moment. Unfortunately, Fox isn't commenting on the story, so this one isn't going anywhere, but apparently the Secret Service has clipped the wings of that particular agent, and that agent no longer has access to their official Twitter stream. I couldn't help but think that was way funny. (laughs) Okay, we have
1: Dave back. Dave, We're, I'm on, and ready? you know, this, this is exactly why. You know, I use a wireless headset so that I can wander around the office office and go get myself some coffee while I'm on the phone. Um, but fortunately, I keep a, a wired headset right beside me, so it's just a flick of a switch and switch headsets, and I'm good. Uh, you just to look cool okay. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick up where I left off. Is that uh, is that okay? Or, or yeah, go restarting? for it. Okay, getting into or, or in discussing this data center, the thing that I find uh, the, the most interesting about the in, the entire sort of launch itself, um, while I like the, you know, as I noted, the, the data centers in Canada, you know, hey, great. Um, the thing that I find the most interesting has nothing to do with, with the location of it specifically, but has more to do with the purpose of the facility. Um, I mean, you and I, you remember link building back in, 2000 2001, you know, build it and they'll come. You know, build 20 sites, link them together, and you're golden, right? Recip links, yeah, sure, do a few of those. Doesn't matter. Link to poker, doesn't matter. Um, and and I was seeing a lot of that coming in with social media, and I mean, you still can see it, right? Where it, they really have not figured out how to use it properly. They can't wait social signals the way that they should be because they and, and you know that Google knows they it's easy to spam still. Um, And so, yeah, I I love that they have actually shown the initiative to build a a facility whose purpose or or one of its purposes is to filter this out, to figure out how to make this work, how to determine what social signals are real and which ones are just about my pink cat. And I mean, it's going to be a really complex job for them. I mean, uh, you know, looking at, at what they've had to do with links, I may link on my blog to... Um, you know, some clip um, that I just found interesting, and I was a little punchy on a Friday afternoon, excited that it was sunny and the Canucks just won, right? So I, you know, put up a link, and being able to tell that that link to some YouTube video that's humorous and I'm sending people into the weekend with a smile um, is different than my link to an article on, you know, Search Engine Watch or to another radio show here on Webmaster Radio that I found really interesting or something. You know, they've had to figure that out with links, and I'm. it's really exciting for me. That um, they're coming in with the a technology, and that they understand the importance of doing that same kind of filtering socially. And uh, I look forward to seeing how it goes, and whether they're not just looking at users, because internally here we're trying to build users under the assumption that they'll start to connect the dots and go, well, this user is is linked to a billion different users from a bunch of different crap, and while he's tweeting out at you know 500 a day, this this account is crap. Um, versus, you know, a user whose who's followers and friends, depending on, you know, or whatever is, his his connections, um, are related to him for the most part. Yeah, there's some friends. You know, my dad's a lawyer, and, and you know, I'm an SEO, and yeah, he's going to be my friend on Facebook, but figuring out that there are strengths in, and, and figuring out these relationships, I think that they have put in place and, and shown that this is important is um, a really strong signal to, us as SEOs and us as Internet marketers, that this is a huge area, but we've got to do this right because they are putting mechanisms in place to make sure we do. We can't just spam. Um, And and that's really, really exciting for me. I love every time Google comes up or or, or Bing um, or or any of the, the real traffic sources come up with mechanisms to go, do it right, build it right. We know what you're doing. Um, and, and if you're using this in its proper way, if I was using my my Twitter to get in front of the people that I'm actually meaning to get in front of, that by necessity is is going to be sending the right signals. And I think when they set that environment up, I as a searcher, and we ought to remember all of us SEOs, yes, you know, searchers are, are, are a pain in the butt because, geez, you know, we actually have to build our sites, you know, with content, but, you know, all of this sort of stuff. But at the same time, I am a searcher, and I look as a searcher and go this makes my life so much better, it's going to make all of these traffic sources better and then people are going to keep using those traffic sources more and more and it just really gives us a a lot of opportunity. So I love that they're setting this up and and the purpose of it. I think it sends a strong signal
2: to the internet marketing community. I'm excited to see where it goes. Here's one that's just speculation and so I'm I'm not putting it out there for discussion but anyone who wants to, you know, who's watching what Google's doing in the Waterloo area, there's another corporation that they ought to watch. It's called OpenText. Um... OpenText has been around since the mid-90s, pr- perhaps earlier. Uh, they helped Google at one time uh, with the original kernel of Google Docs. Um, and OpenText is incredibly interested in latent semantic indexing, LSI. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's going to cause a bunch of people out there in radio land to um, turn their heads uh, 180, maybe 360 degrees in frustration. But... Perhaps, just perhaps, latent semantic indexing is useful in the social realm. Now, again, I don't want to uh, delve too deeply into that. It's 100% speculation. It just so happens that OpenText is also located in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, um, although they're headquartered in Ottawa. They, uh, they, they do have uh, their campus in Kitchener-Waterloo. So watch for that, Social, social Watchers, the uh, alliance between uh, OpenText and uh, Google. And that may be a direction Google's going in to separate noise from signal. Uh, moving along, and speaking of social media, I'm not sure how to approach this story. You know, one side of me wants to say something snarky like tulips and ostriches and LinkedIn, oh my. And the other side goes, oh my goodness, like LinkedIn's IPO debuted yesterday, and or debuted this morning, and it was phenomenal. Um, so LinkedIn the business-focused social network issued an uh, initial public offering. They're on the stock market. They came in at $45 this morning. They're now trading, or actually they, they're just about to close, over $100. So investors saw this, this IPO and said, oh my God, I need a piece of this, and have blown up LinkedIn's initial offering over double its value. To put this into a bit of context, Dave, yesterday LinkedIn was valued around four billion dollars. Today, it's valued somewhere between nine and ten billion. Wow! Wow! So, what do you think? How would you is like to have bought in on of, day of one and cash
1: out now and double your cash?
2: Well, again, is this is this an indicator of amazing market conditions? You know that you know that Facebook is still debating whether to do an IPO. Twitter's looking at doing an IPO. So is this an indicator of good conditions for them, or is this an indicator of another bubble that's about to burst? I mean, in 2010, LinkedIn saw $3.4 million in profits based on a revenue of $243 million. So honestly, honestly, like seriously, where's the value for investors?
1: Well, I mean, you bring up an interesting thing, and you ask that as a two-part question, but to me, the answer uh, is the same in either scenario, if it is a bubble, then now is the right time to do it. I mean, looking selfishly as the owner <laughs> of, of, say, Facebook, if the bubble is about to burst, should you wait until after to do an IPO? I mean, looking just purely selfishly here again for a second, not in the like, gee, we, we want to all be nice to, to investors. We go, um, if the bubble is about to burst, if the dollars that we can ask on our IPO is about to drop, Hugely, you know, reminiscent of a decade ago. What do what do we do? Um, I mean, uh, o- obviously, the the instinct is you would launch your IPO now, collect now, and yeah, if the bubble bursts, everything's going to drop and, and hit the fan. But um, you know, you got yours um, now. Will they do that? I don't know. And I mean, as you know, a more ethical stand on things. Yes, you, you'd be a little more controlled. But um, I, I think at the end of the day one of the main things that, you know, monetarily they're they're not, um, you know, LinkedIn being a great example, are not producing what, you know, normally in any other industry, a company making $3.5 million would not be able to launch at that. I mean, if they made cars, you would not see that discrepancy between revenue um, and what they're asking. But um, they have this other interesting, interesting thing that they can bring to the table, which is if we have we were just talking about it, if we have, say, Google pulling in social signals and Bing pulling in social signals, the user information that you could pull out of out of LinkedIn is has a value beyond um, that $3.5 million that they were able to bring in in revenue just inherent in the value of the data that they have. So I think that's a lot to do with the valuation. Um, I, I do, you know... I find all of this, and, and we've talked about this uh, previously with Groupon and stuff like that. I find it all not not to call it silly, but but I'll use the word silly anyway. I find these these grossly overvalued to begin with. Facebook being a bit of an exception because they have a good, you know, the advertising you can do on there is fantastic. We've talked about that in the past as well. But um, I, I, you know, there are. I, I find it a, a bit ridiculous that the dollar values that these things are are carrying, but. Um, you know, as a capitalist, I go well. If you can get it, get it, right? I mean, if you know the bubble's about to burst, you know, there's there's an argument to just go and get it done. <laughs>
2: and, and and well, and launch well certainly. And you know. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure that investors flocking to LinkedIn is indicative of a bubble about to burst. Although, um, <laughs> the valuation between nine and ten million or billion this morning is a little bit stunning. That seems a little out of whack now. Something to look at, and we're, we're going to, have to go to commercial break in in a couple of seconds here, so we can't get into a conversation about this. Um, but something that that investors and market watchers uh, should look at is the changing nature of web user behaviors. In, in the time that we all cut our teeth, the keyword was it. It was all about search. And that's not to say it isn't about search anymore. It is, of course. Search is a component of, like, virtually everything. But user behaviors are changing primarily because of Facebook. People spend far more time on Facebook than they do any other section of the web. Um, and Facebook is designed so that you, that you can spend minutes or perhaps even hours on it at any during any given session. So if social media is becoming more... When people are spending more time on site, in social media sites, than they do, say, with Google or any information shopping or research site out there, perhaps, just perhaps, um, investors are sensing the shift in the web, the shift in the way users use the web, and maybe a uh, 9 to $10 billion valuation for a company that today isn't seeing a lot of profit, but tomorrow might, could yeah. be worth it. Uh, I want to talk more about how Facebook and uh, other social media are changing the way we use the web. But first we got to go to a commercial break, and this is going to be kind of an extended commercial break. Um, Dave mentioned earlier a Google, fe- uh, a Google video featuring Matt Cutts. Um, he's going to be talking about the canonical tag, and it's going to be the focus of our segment uh, coming up after this break. Um, I'm going to ask Studio Brasco. This is a two-minute and 30-second video. So could we run two, uh, two minutes and 30 seconds worth of commercials? Uh, that way our listeners can you know, go. They should be watching the video right now because I'm just taking this to commercial break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, Canonical Tagging. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Uh, we're going to a slightly longer commercial break, but while we're there – Grab the link that Dave just threw up in the chat room. It's a YouTube YouTube video featuring Matt Cuts, and we'll be back talking about it after these messages.
1: Sit tight and don't move. Web We'll be back after this short break. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy to use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com.
2: A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T dot
1: If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com.
2: Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for
0: happy hour. You're already done for the
2: day? Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
0: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
1: As you know, being an expert at f-
2: <gasps> What did she say?
1: ...requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f**k? Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances set up to staffing. The CEO Coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is Thursday, May the 19th, uh, bottom of the hour. It's 11.30 here on the Pacific Coast, 2.30 on uh, Eastern Time Zone, or, well, whatever time when you listen to a podcast. Dave, that was a great video. Uh, folks, we just ran a video uh, feature, or during the commercial break. We prompted people to do a video featuring Matt Cuts talking about the uh, relative benefits of a 301 versus uh, using the canonical tag. I found that really surprising. Uh,
1: you know, I did too, and just for, for people who are you know, downloading the podcast after, I, I don't want don't to mess with them too much, and, and it is a, a really good video, and, and some of it was, was reading between the lines. If you just go to YouTube and you can just search Canonical 301, um, you'll, you'll come up with the, the number one result is the Matt Cutts video that, that uh, live uh, listeners have, have had the, the joy of watching. Um, the thing that really grabbed me, um, about this video when I was really listening to it came in in the last 12 seconds. I mean, he, he goes over um, the 301 and how there's, you know, a little link bleed, blah, blah, blah. We You know, stuff that, that we, we all knew and then comparing it with Canonical. Um, I ended up watching this video recently uh, for an article that I'm doing and, and hope all of uh, all of our listeners uh, get a chance to read it over at Search Engine Watch tomorrow on the Canonical hacks um, that are coming in. And this is hackers. Um, attacking the, the canonical tag. Um, and so I, I was watching this again. I, I'd seen it before, but that was uh, you know, a different, different brain space. What really grabbed me, because what I was trying to debate while I was writing this article was how strong is, is the canonical tag, how much of a threat is it? If I can hijack somebody's site and use the canonical tag um, to, to try and you know grab some influence off this site... How powerful is it? And then in the last 12 seconds, when he's comparing one to the other, uh, Matt actually says, quote, "Uh, as far as the amount of page rank that gets passed, there's not a lot of difference. And it was really that quote that made me go, holy crap. Because I I was debating this as, if I can, not that I would, just to be really, really clear here, but if I can hack somebody's site and start using the canonical tag to try and pass the strength over, Really how much influence is that going to have and then to actually hear Matt say it's strong um, what this put to me is if you can hack somebody's site um, you, you can potentially grab an enormous amount of, of strength out of, out of this exploit uh, and now I'm, I'm obviously not saying to do this the reason of this article is to further reinforce you know until now you know we We've all seen sites with like the malware warnings, or you know, as SEOs, you'll get like a call from a client going, oh, "I've got this this problem on my site. It's it's been hacked, and and this matter, they're dropping links, or this or that." We've got a completely different attack coming on now um, that really, to me, is 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 even even worse in, in a lot of ways than than any before it, um, because you wouldn't see it until it's too late, and that's what really hit. Uh, hits me is, is if I can use this canonical exploit and start putting the canonical tag up into somebody's header, um, and and trying to pass strength across, the problem is is it's not going to come up as malware warnings. It's not going to come up as anything. I'm just going to notice all of a sudden, every no traffic suddenly. Exactly, and that's really the only thing scratching my head. What did that pesky SEO do, or what what's going on here? Oh, did Panda kick me in the butt? You may not even understand what's causing the problem. Um, and then taking it a step further, there was a, a great discussion on, on this subject, which is how it first sort of came to my attention over on Webmaster World, good ROI user over there, um, you know, sort of brought this up as, as he'd seen this thing. The question then came up without a really, really solid answer, well, could you even cloak it? Well, I know enough about cloaking, um, and i never used it on a client site, but I'd be remiss to, to not test these different things and see how long these things take for Google to pick up or how to report them and, and these sorts of things to go, yes, it can be cloaked. So I could now take this this tag and make it so that when you visit the site, even if you viewed your own source, you'd never see it. Um, yeah, but know, but did, Googlebot would. Do you, do you know I mean, who it, good it, ROI but, is? No. You know what? I don't. I, I, met, I tried to track it down, but I was you know, so busy on the article. He's give of yours. Gave a quick.
2: That's feature. Greg Nyland. Okay, there we go. So take that most seriously. Further further, further, kudos to him. Now, the
1: next day, Matt Cutts tweeted a warning that this was happening. Um, Mm -hmm. After after it was brought up in Webmaster World, Um, I assume he had seen it in Webmaster World or or whatnot, but uh, on the 13th of this month, like just a few days ago, Matt Cutts actually tweeted out, um, that this was a problem and, and to follow up on it. Now it's not a scare tactic. It's just a. Or a, I don't bring this up to scare anybody. And, and again, there's there's more details on this in the article. But um, highly recommend. Just one other reason because this is such a, a hidden threat that you wouldn't know until after, um, and it's going to be harder to get back from. They say malware. You can fix it up and, and and move on. And you know, within a few days of cleaning it up, usually you can get yourself back in if you do it right. Um, in this but case, this it's an unknown. Weeks, I don't know week. how long it'll take because this is such a new um, thing. I don't know so how, how
2: long it'll take. Okay, so put you, yourself in an SEO's shoes, okay, Dave? Put <laughs> yourself in an SEO's shoes, bro. <laughs> I'll try. And, um, your client calls you. I've lost all my traffic. Or you've been looking through um, Google Analytics, um, Urchin, or uh, 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 Webmaster Tools, and you see some like serious, sudden discrepancies. How do
1: you yep. go and hunt and peck and find this problem? Um, one of the ways that I, I think would be the easiest if you, if you want it, and, and we all should be doing this anyway. I know I am, and I'm sure you are, and, and most SEOs with some good, solid experience. Um, love looking at source code. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the first place I go when I'm like, okay, it's hitting the fan, what's going on? Um, you know, pull down the site. I mean, there's a few things that you look at, but that's that's one of the things I like to look at is we, we've all had clients who wreck their own stuff <laughs> is is really what I'm getting at here. So, okay, is there a problem? I mean, heck, I, I had a, a site just yesterday where the client had, had basically kind of wrecked their own site and it was stopping their entire page from loading at the point where it was asking for reCAPTCHA, right? And it just it just stopped it. Oh, Nothing nice. below that where all their content was uh, was coming in. So you can go into your code now using the cloaking that I, I kind of touched on earlier. Now, that would be very, very advanced. But um, if they were using cloaking, even viewing the source code wouldn't help. But what you should be able to do after that, you can either use Google Fetch or um, look at the cache and then pull the source code from, from Google's cache. Because, of course, the impact is going to be felt after Google's cached it. So if you're doing a after-the-fact, it's hit the fan, what's going on?
2: If you've well, in, your in your this case, it's all you can do, right? Because how do you know until you see your stats? Well, you know, you know.
1: know what? And, and there's the problem. And the only thing, and and, and I, I touch on this in the article, and but I would touch on it for a billion and one different reasons. It's it's all well and good to have your strategies for trying to detect it in advance. There's there's you know, it's all well and good to have strategies for understanding what to do after it happens because I'm you know, often I'll get calls after the fact, right, like a, somebody, not even a client, will call because they've got a problem, right? Well, I mean, sometimes clients calling because the they've got a problem, but um, what that's we true. need to make sure of is is really just covering your bases. Do you have a secure host? Have you given your password out to somebody, and, and, and now they're not working? You know, did you give your password to a designer? Are they done? Then change it. Right? I mean, I'm not calling your designer bad, but things go around. Just, just lock it down. Is WordPress giving you that notice that gee, you're supposed to be updating, but you know it's working, so why bother? Fix it. <laughs> Get <laughs> the thing updated. <laughs> like, all these things that are just secure yourself. If you're secured, you are as protected as you can be. There's always going to be ways. I mean, Sony so, taught us so that. Number Matt, one, the protect there's always yourself. ways around what about it. But, is there
2: anything Google can do to close this
1: loop? You know what? I have a hunch. I mean, it's really, really clear that Matt is aware of it. Um, and if Matt's aware of it, you know others are aware of it. The only thing I could really see them doing, uh, if we go back to 2009, to the origin of this thing, the, the, the canonical tag and, and Google's acceptance of it, if we go back then, I think it was in February of 2009 that they launched it, but it didn't work cross-domain. Um, and then if we, if we go you know, through to December, that's when they announced that, hey, it's going to work cross-domain, too. That's where the problem comes in. Now, it's a good idea to have because what if I have multiple websites serving different functions but co- containing some of the same content? Or what if I have a, have a, a site and you know, I've, I got my start in affiliate marketing. What if I have an affiliate site and I have tons and tons of good information but some of my product information is duplicated? I should be able to use the canonical tag to go cross-domain and, and point it. Um, point it over it's somewhere the else. Source, yeah. um, I think what would be very, very handy for Google is to come up with a few mechanisms, just simple things like, you know, if, if I'm crossing over and they're all in Webmaster Tools together. Okay, great. I mean, this, you know, just, there's ways to exploit that too, but, you know, especially if you've got your FTP access, but just another safeguard. Read the content. Is the content of this site like the content of that site? Because if it's not the same, ignore it. Right I mean, because it 's intended for this content is really, really similar to this content, and that 's why the canonical tag was invented right like if I have five pages of, of the same grouping of products on my site, one of them is ordered by price, one 's ordered by popularity blah blah well. This it was built for webmasters to go. This is the one that I, I want to give priority to. Cross domain. It was meant to if I have multiple sites and you know I have the same article on two of them because it applies to two different areas. You know I have anxiety medications or something and I have a site about medications and I have a site about depression or something. You know I want the same content cross them over. Okay, give the primary to one so it's it's clear that this isn't duplicated content. The problem comes in in that their filtering doesn't appear to be up. Snuffed yet, so it's still an exploit that's, that's usable. If we can take away monetary incentive and make, if Google can make it useless, <laughs> there you go. It's it, it's useless now, so it won't be exploited anymore. But
2: well, this is, this is one to watch, and um, it's you know someone's going to exploit it. There's going to be a story in the next few weeks about an exploit, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how Google reacts to it. And you're right; clearly, they know there's a problem or there's a potential yeah. problem. Um, how they deal with it, anybody's guess but it's uh, time to go to another break it's 20 minutes to the hour um, 1138 here on the west coast uh, 238 in the eastern time zone this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beats.seo you're the Webcology on webmastervideo.fm stay tuned, we're back after these messages
1: sit tight and don't move Webcology will be back after this short break
0: And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free
1: at ClickBank.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. Hey, it's Mike
2: O'Neill and Lori Rupp, the LinkedIn rock stars. We are ready to rock your world with LinkedIn.
1: Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets.
0: Because I know the secrets, don't I, Mike?
1: Chat with other LinkedIn gurus. We
0: We have great guests on our show. Today is no exception at all. And answer your LinkedIn questions.
2: All caps, Mountain Dew, comma space, all little letters, SLEEP.
1: Rock the world with LinkedIn, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off, now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave DeVie.
2: Welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is May 19th, 2011, and, uh, well, for those of you who are into search engine history, mark this date, it's a, uh, well, kind of tragic comedy day in search engine history, because one of the last vestiges of the empire that was Yahoo, at least the search empire that was Yahoo, Closes uh was announced that it's closing in a couple of weeks. The um Yahoo search marketing blog is closing down on May thirty first. It's gonna three oh one over to uh the Yahoo advertising blog. No canonical tags needed here. The uh search marketing blog just won't exist anymore. That's you know, kinda sad, but I guess kind of appropriate.
1: Yeah, I mean when a when it, when an engine goes down, you know. <laughs> yeah you might as well i mean you know i think we we all saw this coming it just makes perfect sense it, there just needs to be one source for for the information that's necessary right i mean why why start splitting things up into
2: into multiple areas um just give people one place to go to find the. Information. it's not it's not like anything interesting is happening in the search division at yahoo anyway and you know The last person out on May 31st shut off the lights. Hell, steal the light bulbs. They're not going to need them anymore anyway. (laughs) That's kind of sad. But, you know, one one server closes so that another can open. Google has finally gotten around 167 blogs later, because that's how many they have, to opening their own search blog, a blog specifically dedicated to Google search. Not Google AdWords, not Google um, Orchid or you know Google whatever, but this one is just about search. And uh on, I posted the wrong link in the chat room. Here's a link directly to inside And uh so webmasters, SEOs, Google and Google fan folks everywhere, now you have a place you can go and uh, read the sort of insider scoop from, uh, you know, Google's spe- Google specific uh, search blog. And the kind of cool thing is, they're going to be putting up topics that are a little tangential to pure search, but it, you know, shows what signals are affecting search at Google. I know no, imagine, something up here about, uh, about social.
1: That's the key, right? Like, I mean, they, they, they can't ever, I mean, you know, thank goodness, um, they, they can never tell us what, what they can actually measure. More importantly, they can't actually tell us what they can't measure <laughs> or what they can't detect properly. Um, you know, but uh, I, I appreciate from Google, I appreciate you know, the, 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 the video we watched of Matt Cutts, and he's a great spokesperson for them. I appreciate that they do seem to tell us what they can. Um, and, and all of us need to understand why they can't tell us too much, <laughs> um, because you might be wanting to use this information for good, uh, but others may not, right? So, but I mean, you know, knowing that and and, and having now a, another forum to, to give access and answer these these good questions that people have, um, I think is good. And I mean, though we always in advance, I think most of the questions we ask, we know the answers to. But it's you know, read Google's guidelines. It's, Probably you know loosely covered in there somewhere. It's a short document, but really think about what you're asking, apply it, and, and you know what the answer is going to be. Um, something I found sort of, I guess ironic. I was going to call it funny, but uh, but ironic. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll post the, the stats in there because I was looking at this just uh, just earlier today. I'm going to post the stats in the chat room here um, for search uh, search market share. Um, and, uh, and, and Google's actually lost a little bit over the last couple of months, and who has been one of the gainers is uh, Yahoo. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, a whack, not a whack, not a whack. Yahoo search through Bing. That's, like, that's Yahoo search through Yahoo. Y- well, game yeah, game. I guess it's powered by Bing. Um, and, uh, and Bing now, uh, according to Compete, as of, uh, as of March, is at uh, 317 um, that, that, that's, that, and that's that's so thats actually good to quite hear. the influence. I mean,
2: Google's down to sixty-three point eight. Um, so you, you know, remember, still. remember back in the day when there really was competition in, in the pure search market, and um, companies were driving at each other to innovate and to do cool, neat things. Yeah, I long for those days. That—that that made our job infinitely more interesting. It often made it a little more difficult, but it made it infinitely more interesting. You know, and there was there was uh, excitement in the search world. Ask was generating a whole bunch of a whole bunch of excitement until they got rid of Jim Zone and you know cut their budget so badly. But uh, it's good to see Bing succeeding. You well, know, the rise, thing that
1: I like you know, about Bing um, is that it's different. I mean, I like that they branded themselves out of the gate. Um, as, as a decision engine, I mean, heck, you and I were, were in uh, in Seattle for, for the launch. They are having, uh, having some sushi. But, um, I mean, it, it's great because they branded themselves a little differently. They they talked about themselves a little differently. We still call them a search engine. They call themselves a decision engine. You know, tomato, tomato, either way, it's, it's where you go to, to try and find find the answers. But I think you're right. We've lost that competition that drove them to innovate. On the plus side for us is there's just, so much like when there was that competition there wasn't mobile there wasn't social there wasn't video I mean you know all of these things kinda exist you know I, people had phones well, no but, 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 it, but indeed Dave
2: right now I want to see more competition because the way the way Google takes mobile or the way Bing takes mobile the way Google takes uh, video or Bing takes video that sets a you know that, that 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 sets a pattern for how the next five to ten years evolve on the web I would right. love to see these guys pushing each other to make better products
1: Right. And although there is a solid argument, um, you know, it, from, from where I stand, that almost in a weird way, this lack of competition or, or competition, you'll, through, we'll call it the Cold War of search engines, right, where there's, there's two. And, that, and that's about it. Um, but that because of that, they have so much money and so much power um, that they can do more with that. Say, if you had divided up the revenue that they all have by 10, you know, and included dogpile and ask and all this, there may be more little tweak innovations, but no one company could go, you know what, I think that is an awesome, you know, um, innovation into into mobile uh, phone development. Screw it. Here's a billion dollars. <laughs> like, and just power it through and, and really grow it. Um, so I think we're seeing growth in a different way where it's not that same Ninja innovation that we were seeing, say a decade ago, where somebody could just come up with something. And I mean, you you bring up Ask, great example where they were constantly doing really really cool stuff. Um, I remember the binoculars, right? I mean, that was that was the first thing I went, wow, that was that that's awesome. And of course, Google's now using it. All of them are now using it. Yeah, we use magnifying
2: glass at Google.
1: Well, exactly, and it, it's kind of the same thing, and it was from these little minor innovations, but then you've got Google that has the power to come in, or Bing has the power to come in and go, you know what, we want to start using social signals, Microsoft can walk over to Facebook and go, we're going to buy a, a percentage of you there. <laughs> and now they, they can get information that these smaller companies couldn't go in and buy 3% of Facebook um, and, and, and retrieve you know the, the sort of influence that that's going to have in, in pulling data and stuff and... Um, so I think you know it's it's a it's a balancing act. Of we've lost one segment of innovation, and I definitely liked that day. I mean, it was a nice day, um, and where you didn't have to put all your eggs in one basket. You didn't have to go. Really, it's Google. Hey, Bing's picking up. Great. Okay, you know that's there's you know a, a third of the market share. Fantastic. Um, but if you're not on one of those two, you're screwed. I mean, I'm sure you remember the days when yeah, there was like eight, ten different engines, and well, you got four out of eight. Right, <laughs> so you were doing pretty good, and, you know you you weren't just number seven; you were number seven, three, two, and you know maybe eleven. And you so you're going to work on that one a little bit, and you know, okay, well, I'm not quite ranking there. Tweak our metas, tweak our content, resubmit, and the next day see where you're at. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is a different world. Uh, it is definitely now
2: we're world. almost entering a world now where SEOs have to do the cost benefit analysis on is it. Is my time better spent optimizing for Bing than Google? Given that, I might end up at number eight at Google, but I'll be number one or two on Bing. Most of the people, the way Google's like got their search engine result pages now, many people won't see number eight, but almost everyone going to Bing will see number one or two. So you've got a third, of the, a third of the search market at Bing, two-thirds of the search market more or less over at Google, but the extra visibility you'll get over on Bing, because let's face it, it's still easier to optimize for. <laughs> you might get a lot more traffic. You know, I think it's, I think there's there's actually there's, there's there's a show or an article topic in there doing a quick uh, CBA on where it's better to, to focus one's energy.
1: Oh, you know what? And, and I would be actually really interested in, in. And here we go. Maybe I can set us up to, to you know have to do something, although it'd be span months. Um, but to do some tests and, and to do an actual article on, or I guess a white paper on, what are these cost benefit analysis? The problem I think we're going to hit is it's going to depend what sector you're in. No, right? well, because of course there are certainly. specific um, sectors that lean to one as as lean to another um, of the engine. So it'll it'll be it, it would be very very interesting to to see sector by sector what you're going to do better in, and of course that's a, a multi multi month well, maybe even
2: hedging. And tell you what, Dave, let, let's put the call out now. By September, let's you know there's there's a bunch of SEOs that you and I are both allied with. We'll share data with each other. Um, yeah. Let's share data and have some findings by September.
1: You know what? That's a great idea, and we'll be in Toronto with a with a bunch of great SEOs. Uh, yeah. we'll chat then. We'll uh, we'll pull that together. I think it'll be a great uh, a great series.
2: Excellent. That's so cool. Okay, it's eleven fifty two. I just got signal from the uh, studio that we got about two minutes left. Um, I wanted to touch another subject, an article found over at Search and Journal today by Brian Carter called Likeonomics, how Facebook is changing online business. We're not going to have time to really talk about this, but I am dropping the link up into the Webmaster Radio chat room, and um, definitely worth a read. Thinking about how user behaviors, I mean, the web is. That's all the web is, is user behavior. You can make the most gorgeous website and nobody goes to it, the website doesn't really exist. Right. Um, similarly, you can make the most gorgeous application; no one uses it. The application doesn't really exist, uh, like Terry Prashett's Small Gods. Um, da, 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 da. Facebook is definitely changing the web. This is a good, uh, good, quick like on Lyconomic, or good quick look at Lyconomics. Dave, final words to you. We got about thirty seconds.
1: Um- well, I mean, I, I think just Word, uh, I, the only thing I can say really is, is check, because I'm going to go back to what I was talking about earlier, um, but really important right now, um, check your hosting environment. Make sure your passwords are, are, are safe and secure and haven't been given outside. And if you've got a CMS and it's asking you for updates or there's an <laughs> update out there, to get it done.
2: Yeah. Okay, friends, that's about it here on WebCology and FM. Next week, we have a super special edition. We're going to be going over time. We're going to have a debate on the, uh, well, the merits of ratting out SEO competitors, um, ratting out the bad guys. Uh, For the record, we're Switzerland. Honestly, this is webmasterradio.fm. We're just facilitating the debate. Friends, tune in next week. It's going to be a really interesting show. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beat SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. It's, uh, well, it's time for news here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned, more great content, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on... Quick question, Jim. Do you Uh want to make some kind of audio thing to uh, announce that for next Thursday?
2: Yeah. Um, So far, we've got Dave Harry, (laughs) my wife... Um, um GoPas to T.
0: You wanna record something real quick uh and just do it kind of ad libbed off the top?
2: Okay, let's do it. Alright,
0: I'm still recording. Go ahead.
2: Okay, give me a sec. Sure. Is Dave still on the line?
0: No. Okay, I, I am. Oh! Hi Dave. Oh hey Dave! Normally we hey. I, normally you kinda like are quick off the phone. That's why I was like surprised.
1: Yeah, you usually usually I am. I just happened to hear that it was clicking through, but I don't really have anything to say on this one. So okay. <laughs> well, so we wanted sure to it wasn't uh, something else. Let's so. just do cool. a quick audio
0: ad with Jim just to uh, go for next week's show.
1: Fantastic! All yeah. right, I am looking forward to it, and I will talk to you both next week. Sure. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, Dave. That was a right. fun show. Yeah, man. It was indeed. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, bye. <clears throat> All right, floor's yours.
2: Okay. This might take a couple takes. It's off the top of my head, okay?
0: <laughs> okay. Well, just pause in between any sentences that you make so we can just kind of patch them together.
2: Yep, no worries. Right. To rat or not to rat, that is the question. Uh, give me. You know what? i got to look that one up, actually.
0: Hold on. Just start with, hi, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, inviting you to join us for a special two-hour edition of Webcology at our regular time. I'll be joined by this guest, this guest, this guest, and we're going to be doing a roundtable discussion on this. Hope you join us.
2: Now I got a better one. Ready? Right. To rat or not to rat, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous SEO or to take up arms and just tell Google about them. Well, I don't know. But we're going to be debating it on Webcology next week on WebmasterRadio.fm. Well, I don't know, but on Wednesday. One hot take two. Well, I don't know, but on Thursday, May the 26th, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, check out Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm where we are opening the debate. Do you rat out on uh, outrageous SEO? Or do you let Google find it itself? Uh, Alan Blyweith, David Harry, myself, Dave Davies, and others are going to be joining in the debate. Special two-hour segment of Webcology, Thursday the 26th of May. Tune in.
0: Excellent. I'll make something out of that real quick.
2: One sec. Special edition of Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, Thursday, May 26th. Tune in, 2 p.m. Eastern. How do you get webmasterradio.fm in there?
0: Oh, you got it. The plan is is that uh, it's just going to be... I'm going to use the, the music bed for the show, play it underneath, and then I'll have the tag at the end saying day and time. Great. Yeah, I, I'll okay. put it all together. Cool. I'll, Thank I'll send you a, so much. I'll send you a copy of it after the fact, all right?
2: Okay, I'll talk to you soon, eh?
0: Yeah, man, take it easy.
2: Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye. Ahem. <coughs>